Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There we go. Put that back in the center. Now, we uh, left off with verse 5. And... We covered where the land of Moab is and, and those kind of things. Um, so let's. Uh, I'm going. I will read. Because given how far we got last week, I'm just going to read ten verses and then we'll go back over that instead of reading the rest of the chapter. <coughs> then Naomi heard in Moab that what the. What verse are you starting on? Uh, verse six. Okay, thank chapter you. one, verse six. Okay, thank you. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living. They took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes instead of coming with me. And may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who can grow up to be your husbands? No. My daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons... Then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself caused me to suffer. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth insisted on staying with Naomi. See, Naomi said to her, your, daughter, your sister-in-law has gone to her people and to her, their God, her gods. You should do the same. We'll be right back, because I bet you that is Tina. I'm at the door. Oh, were you there for the meeting on uh, Tuesday? Oh, she probably does it. Yeah. Okay, then you know what have they explained about the door. Okay. I just thought I would ask. Let me move over there. Yeah. I didn't think of it till he went to open the door. Now, is that a place where they're uh, out? You don't, oh, you don't have that. Yeah. Oh, I thought I I I handed you one. That was the sheet that I thought I handed you. Okay. So, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Tina. Thanks. Um, is this today's sheet? Uh, no, the sheets that you got last week are the same sheets that we'll use up until we get to chapter two. Yeah, okay. So, uh, because I have no idea how fast we're going to go through this, <laughs> so I'm just making one sheet yeah, we didn't get per chapter. Before last week, so. so. Okay, so we, we just started with chapter 6. Who would like to read... Or not chapter 6. One. Verse 6. <laughs> yeah. Verse 6. Chapter 1, chapter verse, one six. verse 6. <laughs> Who would like to reread verses 6 to 9 for us? Anybody want to reread? I'll read it. As okay. I find it, I'll read it. Here we go. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them... 
Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. When Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your, your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi uh, said, Return. Far enough. Is that far enough? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just a nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't yep. notice the number. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Um, what does Ruth and Orpah's attitude show us about them? What, what were they ready to do? Loyal to Naomi. Yeah. Willing to stay with her. And, and loyalty is something that we we encourage, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a good attitude they have. Now, what would you have done if you were one of these women? Would you have wanted to to leave behind your people and your family and everything to follow your mother-in-law? Mm -hmm. I think... It shows that they had, uh, they had a lot of love for their mother. Yeah, it does show a lot of love. And with with their husbands dying, and and her, their father-in-law or uh, mm -hmm. Naomi's husband dying, why mm -hmm. they they sort of you know maybe felt sorry for her and and mm -hmm. knew that because at that time it was hard for women. Mm -hmm. It's hard, especially for women. Especially hard for women, and uh, so they kind of... And I, f I think, Tina, you mentioned this last week. I think it was mentioned last week. Um, there is evidence from extra biblical sources, um, specifically the Jewish Midrash and um, Talmud, that Naomi, or not Naomi, Ruth and Orpah were not just regular ladies. They were princesses. Yes. And now we don't see that yeah, in the actual anyone, scripture. Did anyone else know that? Because I didn't know it until I read the Megillus. Yeah. Um, Ruth and Orpah were princesses descended from Eglon, king of Moab. And it was a very heroic sacrifice to forsake their country and all that they had as princesses to go with the now impoverished Naomi mm -hmm. to Judah where people would look down upon them as a, uh, she's a Moabitess and she has not yet qualified to enter anything Jewish whatsoever. Yeah, and, and indeed they, didn't, they had forgotten the law that would have allowed her in. Yes. So... Now, what does this, you know, we, we talked about loyalty. How loyal does that make her? You know, she's, she is going to a country where she has no social standing. From being a princess to a land of no social standing. Um, from being a princess to having to, she doesn't know what she's going to do. You know, this is a, a day and age when women were in the home, period. And nothing else. Um, 
or prostitution, I guess. But you know, this not good prospects. Well, I think I think God really had a plan. This was a plan mm -hmm. for those two. Yeah. Oh yeah, and now they. From from extra biblical sources again, um, thanks to this wonderful book, uh, you probably remember this point. They're both considered to have had famous great grandsons, uh, some length of great, depending. Uh, we all know of Ruth's famous grandson, right? Great, great grandson. Yeah. Um, David. David. One, two. <laughs> A lot of great. Yeah, the, the great is a, in, in this point is a vague term. I'm I'm not being specific on number of generations, but David. Now, can anyone guess same time frame who the other gr other famous grandson would be from Orpa? There's there's a twist of fate here, and it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Was it Saul? No. I don't know why that name came to my mind. Nope, wrong country. It's a non-Jew. Not necessarily, it's not specified as a Moabite. Actually, it's specified as somebody else. In it's in David and them come into butt heads and David wins. Jonathan? No, no, and they butt heads. Well, a little bit worse than butting heads, but. I can't think. This was a little side note, so. Goliath. I was Goliath. just going to say that. Yeah. You beat Goliath. me to it. I was just going to say Goliath. Goliath. Um, it, in the book that I was, in the, in the Jewish commentary, it was a, a minor footnote. but That's important. But uh -huh. it's an interesting footnote, yeah. isn't it? Boy, doesn't Very that put book. a spin on that? So, you know, obviously, Orpah finds another put husband. in here. Hmm. Which brings true the the blessing here. May you find, may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May you, the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Right. Obviously, her blessing came true for both of them. Well, now, the Moabites was known for the giants, wasn't it? Uh, no. Land of the giants. No, Philistines. Philistines. More giants. Yeah. She, she, I don't know the full story. For Orpa, I just know that it was mentioned in the commentary that her great grandson put a an X for a, num a certain number of greats, but her great something great grandson was um, Goliath. Which, you know, it, it's one of those things that if we look back in the family lines in in the Middle East, the <coughs> uh, the Moabites are descendant of Lot, mm -hmm. who is a nation not, while not of the same line of, of Abraham, not from the seed of Abraham, is still closely related to the people of Abraham. And we look at the other nations around there and we have the Ishmaelites, the sons of Ishmael, who are now called uh, the Arabs. You know, the Muslims take their line all the way back to Abraham, but they go through a different family line. They go through a different son. They go through Ishmael. Yes. And you know we see the family connections intertwine here. 
This is why the genealogies are so interesting. You know, we as Americans think that they're boring because it's just so-and-so begot so-and-so or was the father of so-and-so or something along those lines. But doesn't the story of David and Goliath get a little more interesting now that you realize that they're realistically, like, in a Jewish sense, they were kind of, I guess that would make them fourth cousins, I think. The the name, the... It's, it's, it's something different. The reason, I believe... When the descendants were named, but God named them in mm-hmm. Scripture, was to prove the genealogy of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it has multiple points. Yes. But it, it gets really interesting when you start but adding. In this them. case, with yeah. Ruth, he picked a faithful person like Abraham, mm-hmm. but Boaz was the seed. So mm-hmm. it, Christ descended really through Boaz, right? Well, Jewishly, yes. Yeah, um, but he always but he's, kept he's a remnant, no matter yeah, what and happens. He's, and he he's always, always bringing in. He's he's showing inclusion with the rest of the world. Yeah. Yes, because who else is in David? Or yes, in David's line, that we that is not a Jew that we often we don't think of, but is is one of the few women named in David's line, Rahab. The prostitute mm-hmm. from Jericho, mm-hmm. which by default makes Rahab a dis- an ancestor of Jesus. God keeps showing us that through the genealogy that his saving work is not just for the Jews. Mm-hmm. It's through the Jews that it came, but it's not just for them. Yes. When, so, when we was down at, uh, on the mission trip, down <clears throat> Swan Quarters, North Carolina, why the church we stayed in there, they had a genealogy. I mean it was it was about three foot by four foot and it had from God to Jesus and then it had all these names in it. And we didn't get to we didn't wasn't looking at it till Friday night. I'd have liked to have seen that the first part of the week and looked at it a little bit more, but it's unbelievable the names that was on there, you know. But it followed it, you know, just right through. And, uh, well, you can order that. Hank Metz, years ago, brought one into Sunday school class, yeah. and you could order it. He had the information for where you could order. It, but mm. I didn't. It was really large. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it's it is. like. Like you said, small print, but it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. The thing is, when we read these genealogies, we have no idea who they are and really don't care a whole lot. We but don't have any the connection people, to it. People back then, that was really important. They knew who was who, who was related to who. They kept a strict record of their own gene- genealogy, and there are a lot of Jews nowadays that have their genealogy that goes way back for centuries. Mm-hmm. And in fact... The staff that a lot of the the patriarchs carried, the genealogy was written on the staff, and there were also dates with really important events in the family life on that staff. I said last week, too, yeah. about the priests yeah. through Israel's history. Mm-hmm. They could name every priest. Yes. Mm-hmm. In order. So. You know, it, it's we don't do the same thing here because we're all immigrants, really. Yeah, and, we're, and we're so mixed. 
mixed in you know, different nationalities yeah. and everything. Yeah, well, we, we were just talking, you know, you, you listed four. I'm a mutt, too. I have found f um, I Irish, German, and Scottish were the ones that we knew about. I have found Jew evidence of Jewish. Um, I have found other European descent uh, ancestries. You know, it, and that's just in my line. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm guessing that all of us can probably, if if we look far enough back, right. we can find that if we're European, we're mutts, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a derogatory yeah. term. Yeah. I just mean That's it as good. a. <laughs> it has its benefits. Um, Hindsight fifty sevens. Um, personally, I would prefer a mutt dog because they they get a lot of the best characteristics from the the different breeds. They make the best pets. You know, and we most Europeans. It's very hard to find a European that doesn't have all <coughs> different nationalities in them. So, uh, or especially if they came over to the U.S. Um, there's somebody of European descent. So, but, you know, with all that context in mind, I re-ask you the question, what would you have done in that situation? Would you have been willing to give up royalty, literally give up royalty, to go to the bottom of the totem pole, below the bottom of the totem pole, just for your mother-in-law? Well, I didn't do it for my mother-in-law, although I would have, because I actually loved my mother-in-law. She was a very sweet lady. I actually did that for John, because my dad worked in Bethlehem still, so we never really had to worry about anything. I mean, we were not rich by any means, but we never had to worry. You know, if we yeah. needed something, we had it. We didn't. John, on the other side, came from a very poor family. He had to quit school and go to work just so he could provide food and clothes for his younger two younger sisters and his brother and and his mother and uh so but i left what would have been a comfortable lifestyle to go and live and marry him and a completely different lifestyle than i was ever used to and you know maybe a lot of people wouldn't have given up what i had to go but i did because i loved him and mm -hmm. I wanted to be with him, and I didn't worry about whether we had money or fancy Better clothes or, or um, <laughs> big cars. We didn't even have a car the first year we were married. We walked everywhere. And uh, so, I mean, I didn't do it for my mother-in-law, but I did it for no, my husband. The mother-in-law, I, I, I specify because that's the situation. Yeah. But the Husband's one thing. A lot of us could probably tell a story about how we had more than the husbands that we married. <laughs> well, I was but fortunate. Leaving for right. your mother-in-law mm -hmm. might be a different story. Well, I was fortunate with my mother-in-law. She was a wonderful lady, and I loved her dearly. Well, you know, I, had two. I loved my mother-in-law, too, that I had both of them. But that doesn't mean I'd, you know, leave Give everything, everything. and go, go back to poverty for them. You know, I think it's interesting that, uh, that they left Bethlehem because of the famine. Mm -hmm. And... Well, it mentions in there maybe ten years, at least ten years. Ten years, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and how the, it reversed. The famine was there, and well, and back in <coughs> Israel, things was going good. Yeah. So that may have been one reason why, or, or you know, something well, to do with her going with Naomi back. Um. 
Well, the her going with Naomi was probably had nothing to do with the the food. Naomi leaving yeah. had something to do with why Naomi was going. Yeah, yeah. But there was something about the relationship between the two of them that mm. brought him there. I would say, I answered that question, I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that because I had enough faith, you know. Mm-hmm. My faith would have, that I would be... Uh, but it's, a, it's a well. scary step of faith, isn't mm-hmm. it? I wasn't a woman, yeah. but I would have gone with Ruby's mother. But my first mother-in-law? <laughs> no way. <laughs> It's something to think about, you know. It, it really That's the is. Truth, so. It's really yeah. something to think about. Well, don't you think that it had more to do than just her relationship with Naomi, because I, she was at a stage where she was making a commitment to follow Yahweh, mm-hmm. the God of the Jews, and turn her back. She was of at that crossroads in her faith. Do I stay with the idols of the Moabites? Or I'd go with the great God Naomi. of mm-hmm. King of the Universe, yeah. mm-hmm. Creator God of the Jews, yeah. and that's where she was. I think she was at that point where she was ready to commit to God of the Jews. Yeah. And we're going to touch and on that. Yeah. Excuse me. I would have went with my mother-in-law. Would you? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really uh, I moved back here to your mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why? I didn't hear the last part. <laughs> what was that? She, she, one year she lived with him yeah. because I was still working in Ohio. Yeah, I had to live with him for a year. <laughs> well, let's move on to, to <laughs> first. And I was living with her mother. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, what a mess. That sounds like a very he interesting... He survived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The longest I lived with my mother-in-law was for a month. Was uh, The month after Joseph was born, my mother-in-law lived with us. Mm-hmm. And I was gone half of that month. Because I was going to school. Uh-huh. So... August is going to be interesting this year because my mother-in-law is moving in with us for a month. Oh, <laughs> I love my mother-in-law. Don't get me wrong. It's just yeah, but it's, it's, it's my mother-in-law, and um, I haven't. My mother-in-law currently lives in Chicago, so you can see how much contact I get with my mother-in-law. Uh, who would like to read verses ten to fifteen? Anybody? Oh, there it is. Couldn't find ten. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I am going to have I am am I going to have more sons who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this, at this they wept again. Then Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Do you want the next one? Yeah. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Okay. So, um, what we we have a slightly different understanding of things. Um, so let's look at the comments. She's in verse eleven. 
she's saying, uh, verse 11 and 12, and she's talking about giving birth to other sons. What, what does that mean? Do we know what that means? Well, if your husband dies, then you marry the next brother. Mm-hmm. And on down the line, have children by him, which would still be the first the, first brother. And that's called Lev- Leverett. Thank you. Leverett. Leverett. L-E-V-I, which is uh, the priestly law. L-E-V-I-R-A-T-E. And there, there was a lot of Leverett law about marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a, a weird thing to think about. She's she's basically saying, "Are you wait? Will you wait for a kid to grow up mm-hmm. to get married to them?" That, yeah. Oh yeah. Deuteronomy and Le- and but what are the odds that the next brother would be, still be unmarried? Well, it would it would be mandated actually. Even if he was married? Yeah, he he would gain extra wives. Oh. Yeah, men were allowed um, multiple wives. Well, th- this was a time frame when, you know, they would have multiple wives. Oh. Um, like Abraham. Uh-huh. Like Abraham. Yeah, Sarah, like Abraham. Sarah had that big idea, Well, you know. <laughs> that, that wasn't a second wife. More like, I know, more like Jacob, who had two wives and two concubines. Yeah. yeah. Or we, if, if, if we jump... Solomon. Yeah, as seven hundred wives. Yeah, yeah. Oh, something like that. Thousand wives and concubines. Oh. Oh. That. How did he? Oh, I don't understand how that he thought that was a good idea. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I know, but how did he think it was? Um, I don't know, but I'm not about to share. I'm not sharing. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> but you know, we, you know, that's what we're talking about. There. They would not have, in a sense, the husband, the 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 son would not be the the wife, the woman's husband, in a sense. And what I mean by that is, excuse me, any children that were um, that she gave birth to were not considered the husbands; they were considered the husband's brothers. So in that sense, you know, they, they weren't the wife. They just had to take care of them and everything else. Kind of. Kind of. Actually, that's a great example um, because it's a surrogate, but they wanted the genetic, in a sense, they wanted the genetic um, close, it wanted the genetics to be close. And since brothers have the same parents, you're not going to get a, a closer genetic match than a brother in this case because like a, a cousin would have wouldn't have the same even a stepbrother would not have the same because it, it's in this case it is you specifically start with the brothers then you go to the stepbrothers and then you you go farther out um, or not stepbrothers uh, half brothers because well, we're hmm? going to see a little later on how Boaz, mm-hmm. you know, he—he's—he's he's he a few bits. He's a few yeah. steps farther. Yeah. But you know, it, and you—and you could do that. <coughs> Obviously, Boaz did. But you started with your brothers, and then you went to a little. You—you you tried to keep it as close as you possibly could, mm-hmm. but you—you you went out 
the circle as necessary, mm-hmm. or farther out the circle. Well, here's here's something. She says she's too old to have another husband. Mm-hmm. And here's something that we don't understand according to the Leveret Law and by what was written <laughs> by the Jewish sages. Yep, you're good. A woman who resigns herself to widowhood for 10 years is uh, considered to be no longer available to have children after the 10 years of resignation. Now, if you're widowed during those 10 years with the hope of remarriage and looking forward to remarrying a Jew, you know, you couldn't just go marry a, a Moabite, but if you would have the hope and, and plan that, well, well, in the next few years after my period of mourning is over, you know, I hope to marry another Jewish man, then you could, the, according to Leverett Law, then you could remarry and have children. But if you've already resigned yourself, I'm too old, I'm not going to have another man, then that kind of wipes out the possibility of sons. So in the Jewish way of thinking, these verses 11 through 13 is pretty much just a rhetorical question. And the Jews... Because you know, the way they think and talk, they, they do a lot of rhetoric and rhetorical questions, but it's kind of like there's well, no answer, positive answer to this. And <clears throat> she says, a lot tonight, of with the hands. <laughs> she says, tonight, how long, let's look back a little farther, how long had her husband been dead? Ten years. Yeah. Here's something in here. Uh, mm-hmm. Although the law of Moses did not explicitly forbid an Israelite from marrying a Moabite, it was well understood that Moabites and their descendants were excluded from the congregation of Israel Mm -hmm. for ten generations Mm -hmm. because of their idolatry. This alone should have been enough to dissuade Elimechek from arranging Moabite wives for his Mm -hmm. two sons. And as we'll see later on, that becomes a hassling point for Boaz. Mm-hmm. That also, from the commentary that I've been reading, became a hassle point for David. Yes. Because David is um, Boaz. He's only about he's, he's fourth. About fourth, fourth generation. Fourth generation. Yeah. Let's see, there was Obed, Jesse. It certainly o- Obed, wasn't ten no, generations. No, Obed, um, um, can't remember Jesse's, Jesse's, Obed is Obed. the grandfather of Jesse. Boaz, Obed. So there's yeah. Obed, yeah, Obed. Um, the name I can't remember, Jesse. Boaz was David. the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse, Jesse the father, father of David. David. Okay, yeah. so actually, no, I was wrong, it's three. Mm-hmm. So three generations. Three is a lot different than ten. Yeah. And they it, it, they were considered non-Jewish. Mm-hmm. And if you're non-Jewish, you could not participate in the Jewish uh, celebrations, worship. Mm-hmm. They could not, you know, go in the inner temple. Right. None of that, because they're not Jews. Now let's so. let's put this in a slightly different perspective. Um, how many of you were raised Methodist? In some sort. Okay. So. All my life. So the three of you were not, right? Well, I was an e, uh, EUB, 
Okay, which we'll merged let you go. with the Methodist heart to become United, United Methodist in 1968. Right. So P -U -B United because, Methodist. because of the we grafted together. Yes, because of the grafting, I'll. I'll you were, I'll allow you. Jump, but <laughs> so. you were Baptist, Larry. What? Duncan Baptist. Du oh, you were a Duncan Baptist. So funny. <laughs> oh, Larry. Right. Okay. I, I you were going down. Down. <laughs> down. Down and under. Oh, Nazarene. Nazarene. Okay. So my grandparents Larry, were, were you? United God. Okay. They went so down to the river. Okay. So Okay. So let's put it this way. Now let's imagine. You could not have communion because you were not raised Methodist. We ran into that. Catholics mm -hmm. are like that. Mm -hmm. Now, Catholic. No, this is. I'm not saying you've converted to to Methodism and now and you, now you can have it. I mean, you've converted to Methodism, you still can't have communion. Right. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I mean, if you, you if you convert to it, if any of us today were to convert to Catholicism, and walk over there and talk to Father Doza. And say, here are my sins. Sunday, you can have communion. Now, there's probably a lot of conversion stuff that I don't really fully understand. But, you know, none of us today can go over and, and take communion with the Catholics. But if, we, if yeah, any one of us converted and passed all the rigmarole and everything and, gave, and told Father Duza, you know, confession, because I know that's a, a requirement... We can have it the following Sunday. It's the same way in the Lutheran Church. If you're uh, not a member, on, you depending can't. Depending on what have. Lutheran Church, they they have stricter laws than others. But yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. I can I can never have. John was Lutheran when we got married, and I so. couldn't have communion. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, now, but you know the what I'm what I'm. <laughs> sometimes you can get away with it. It depends <laughs> on which type of Lutheran you, you're talking to. Um, don't go to a, a Missouri synod and try to take. Communion. It's I not going to happen. Couldn't have it in John's church. I know. Um, I've heard of Missouri Synod teachers that were at. Uh, I went to a Missouri Synod school. They are so strict about it. This is a woman who is a a teacher in a Missouri Synod school. Obviously, you know, active in her church was baptized in the church in that specific church. Went through confirmation in that specific church. Her parents still went to that church. The pastor didn't know her, so she wasn't allowed to take communion. Because she came back to visit her parents. Okay, but I digress. You know, um, and, and actually, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Because, you know, she went to this church, but since she wasn't known to the, for the for the sake of conversation, the priest, and he didn't know that she was raised Missouri Synod. Well enough, he, she was not allowed to take communion. But, you know, that's what it's kind of like. As a Moabite, or any, as, as someone outside of the family of, of the Israel, you couldn't worship in the temple. You could come into the Gentile section, but you couldn't go into the, um, the Jewish section. Hmm. And even, even if you were a convert, now, how long have you been Methodists or attending Methodist churches? Well, Fifty years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We've been married. <laughs> you know, at, you, even though for fifty years you have faithfully been attending a Methodist church, under this scenario, you still can't take communion. In our in the Methodist church. No, in the Methodist church, you really can. You, but, but in, in this hypothetical circumstances, like the Jews here. 
You, you don't even have to be Christian to, to take generations. communion. We hope that you, you do and it changes your life. This, but. this is the thing about this story of Ruth. Mm-hmm. It shows that although the Jewish laws and everything, God's laws took over. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what... And the, the law of love. Yep. The law of yep. love. If you think about it a minute, since Christ, the new temple that will go in Jerusalem does not have a outer court for the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need So he nope. welcomes everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, it, but I, I make that hypothetical scenario so that you can kind of understand what mm-hmm. she's going to. Yeah. She's, she is trying to convert and, you know, she is, she is trying to be faithful and in the section that we just read, you'll you'll notice that Naomi tries to dissuade her. It's like, go, go back to your family, go back to your mothers, go back, go back to your homes. Well, traditionally, you are not to try and overpressurize, overpressure someone one way or the other. If they want to become a Jew, you try to dissuade them. Three times. By Thank the you. law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many times did she try and dissuade her daughter-in-laws for coming back? Three times. Now, why do you think this? Is, why do you think that this was? She, because she is. They are called her daughter-in-laws, which means that they. They would have had to have been married uh, to her sons, which would have meant that they would have had to have converted. We get all the hads too. Through. Well, I think she realized the kind of life they were going to have if they went with her. There's and the life that being that they were princesses, they were going to have a much better life if they went back to their homes and they would have married maybe a, a rich man or, mm-hmm. or and had a much better life and that's what she wanted for them. As any parent wants for their children, they want them to have a better life. And she looked at them as her daughters. So she wanted them to go back to their homes and, and mm-hmm. maybe marry a, a, a nice man, man more of their station. Mm-hmm. And uh, not because she knew they were not going to have a good life if they weren't with her. Yeah. Any other ideas? Naomi was simply following the Leverite law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But why would she have well, to do that if they were already converted? Ruth was. Because they had to go through that qualification process. Yeah. But they would have done that already. Well, it would have to be to the satisfaction of the people in charge of keeping those laws back in Bethlehem. They would have had the final say on that. There's some of that. but And there's the stigma of going back home to family and friends in Judah with a non-Jewish daughter-in-law, too. Mm-hmm. There's a stigma there. So she had to test Ruth's intentions to see if she was sincere about following through with becoming a qualified Jew. I got a comment here on on verse 7. Ruth went out from the place where she was is a clear illustration of repentance. Mm -hmm. Repentance means to reverse your direction. Naomi left the place where she was to return to the place where she belonged. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were heading back. They were heading back to where Naomi belonged. 
Um, and it, it, it was a, a difficult journey ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And what you were starting, you were starting down the, the line that I was going for. <clears throat> um, so you were raised Baptist. Baptist. Okay, you just said that. <laughs> um, now, and you became a Methodist when you got married, right? Now, more or less. I mean, <laughs> more or less. There was, there was you took what you no. got. <laughs> we uh, just we got married in a Methodist church. <laughs> don't don't go tell them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, we want to hear them. <laughs> oh, you know. Well, we got married twice. Dad, now you're telling. Oh, but, keep going. But the first keep time going. we got married in a Methodist church, well, we we run off and got married. And then we got married in a Baptist church. <laughs> well, it the sounds like there's a there's a story behind that. Yes, I think there well, must we're going to go a different direction with yeah, this. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love the off. I love the stories that come out. Um, no, we got married in a Presbyterian church. So, <laughs> why did you get married in a Presbyterian that's church? All that's all that was available. <laughs> okay, that works. The day went down. Okay, that you got married in a Lutheran church because John was. Lutheran. Okay. <laughs> they had three preachers, but the Presbyterian, that was his weekend, so that's who we got. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, now, this is not going to be about as big of a deal here um, in, in this context because you were, you were Protestant. Baptists are still Protestant. Lutherans are still Protestant. And Presbyterians right. are still Protestant. Right. Um, right. But ha- have you ever wor- or had interactions with a, a Catholic? My who, brother. Many. Maybe. My brother converted to okay. Catholic. Now, and they were married, I don't know, 25, 30 years or something. And anyhow, because of circumstances, they got divorced. But under Catholic? the Catholic Church, his wife could not remarry until her first marriage was annulled. So they were annulled. <laughs> so they annulled, the priest annulled her first marriage. Okay, well... Let's let's back up a yeah, little bit here. That's a so lot of situations you know, like that. Uh, yeah, and her ch- <laughs> their children. He converted to Catholicism because of his wife, right, yeah. not because he wanted to be a Catholic. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, because that was the rule. That was the rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what is probably happening here? These were princesses who probably had arranged marriages with an important man's sons. She's testing them because now they're not, you know, did you convert because my sons were Jewish? Or did you convert because you wanted to be a Jew? That's that's what I was going for. Right. Yeah. Because okay. as soon as the divorce was over, did your brother go back to whatever? Methodist. Yeah, he, go, he came back to Methodism? So, he converted, not for being, not to become a Catholic, but because of his wife. Well, that's what John. Well, she pushed the. She pushed the issue. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what John did. He he was Lutheran. Mm -hmm. He gave up being a Lutheran to be a a Methodist because I was Methodist. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to come. I didn't want to go to the Lutheran church, and so he wanted to go to church with me, and so he became a Methodist. Yeah, and now the the reason I I brought out the the Catholic one is because that's a little bit bigger of a jump from... 
Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, yeah. Presbyterians. Yeah. The, a lot of the Presbyterian denominations are, yeah. are fairly similar. Yeah. Excuse me, unless you unless you start talking something like jumping from Quakers to Pentecostals or something like that, you know, yes. especially if you're coming to Methodists you, or going for Methodists, you know, you're kind of coming or going to a middle road there. But with Catholicism, it's a, a bigger of a jump. Well, even from the beginning, the popes, well, yeah, with the popes instituted and... rules the same, like the Pharisees did. Yeah. Um, to protect their own little corner, you know. Um, and, and there are some rules in, in the Catholic Church that are kind of funky for... Yeah. They, they had practical reasons when they, they were there. They just have been abused since then. Um, or at least most of the rules that are like that. And, and so this is what Naomi is trying to kind of fight against. She's trying to say, it's okay. If you married my son, if you converted just because my son, you, you wanted to marry my son, you didn't really have much of a choice in the matter. You know, we, we are talking that day and age, arranged marriages, whole nine yards. It's okay. There's no shame. And you can go home to your parents, to your gods, to, to whatever. You can go back to royalty. And that's just fine. She's giving them a honorable way out. Now, how do you think that the Ruth and Orpah were feeling now? You know, try to put yourselves in their shoes. Their mother-in-law is trying to dissuade them. Um, Orpah didn't uh, fight the system at all. Or not fight the system, but... She, object, she, she didn't object home. very strongly. Yeah, she went back home. She she objected the first two times, but but the third Ruth time. stuck to her guns because she had the faith in Naomi <laughs> and her God. So. Mm -hmm. And you know the they probably knew what was going on. This is not like some secret. Why is why is Naomi asking us three times? They were satisfying honor. Mm -hmm. um, to a certain extent here. And when... Now it's going to start in the, the next part, but Naomi, when Ruth says, I'm going with you, she means it. She, she, they have satisfied honor. They've satisfied, you know, is this what we need, what she... She's proven this is what she wants to do. This isn't just, I'm going because my husband said so. And you know she's showing she's showing a, a deep love for her mother-in-law. She's showing a love for her husband because she is she's going. She's continued to going, and she knows that she's not going to get a, a husband from Naomi. It's not going to happen. This was the end of the ten years. She, Naomi wouldn't be allowed to marry again because of the. Levitic laws, she wouldn't be allowed to marry again. But she still, she was willing to go into destitute for her mother-in-law, with her mother-in-law, not for her mother-in-law. So it's interesting that uh, she asked him three times. Mm -hmm. You know, that three been uh, mm -hmm. a little bit like Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three is three God is an important number. Um, <laughs> Trinity. Sevens. He likes the Trinity. The, a lot of stuff that shows up it's in scriptures divine. has a lot. Yes. It it has a the numbers especially. 
they have um, a lot more significance than we put in them. Three, if you ask somebody something three times, you probably are going to get, by the third time, you're going to get them frustrated and you're, you're going to get the real answer. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Which yeah, she so, did with... Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. The and third time, she's finally decided, well, she the, didn't want to go. Yeah, you know, when, when we see something three times, mentioned mm -hmm. three times, right close, pay attention. Mm -hmm. There's probably more there than we're yeah. noticing. Well, and like numbers, it's the names, which mm -hmm. you brought out a lot in our other study, mm -hmm. Micah's study. Um, Orpa means the nape of her neck, mm -hmm. and it can also mean to turn her back on. The nape of the neck is a tr and turning your back on something. And Ruth, it can mean she saw, which, you know, you could take that, she saw the true one true God. She saw, but it also means something worth seeing. Do you, so do Ruth was something worth seeing, probably because she saw her true God. And additionally, numbers and letters ha uh, had interchangeable meaning. Or letters meant numbers. Yes. My mistake. Ruth's number. A Ruth is a number, I should say. And um, it coincides with the number 600 and six. What, pray tell, is the significance of the number of 606? Do you know how many commandments the Ten Commandments got broken down to? The, the, Ten, Command the Ten Commandments that were broken down that specifically refer to th ways that other people should also uh, follow. Because there, there's the two... The rules sets. instituted by the Pharisees? Uh, no, they weren't instituted by the Pharisees. They were instituted by this time, actually. The Pharisees... Uh, but by the time the Pharisees, they were just the the. It's the same set of laws. The Pharisees didn't institute them, though. They um, they just pounded them a little bit harder. There well, were six hundred and six of them. Yeah, and and. And there's an additional seven. And then there's an additional seven, which makes the six hundred thirteen. Mm -hmm. And the six hundred. The, the the last seven are for Jewish specifically, but the the six hundred and six are for non-Jews as well. Laws of men. Mankind. Yeah. So, so that tells us that the, Ruth was probably a convert at the, her name post-conversion, not um, the name she was born with. But, you know, a, as I was saying, numbers mean, numbers, names, they all mean a lot. We don't think, you know, what numbers do we as Americans have any special attachment to or any special thoughts with not many 13 7, seven. <laughs> yeah. number 1 I'm number 1 number 1 <laughs> 3 yeah um, things come in threes it, it, things Baker come in threes dozen baker's dozen, dozen but and then a baker's, baker's dozen, dozen. Yeah. but but that's like, again 13 mm -hmm. we'll talk about Friday the 13th. Yeah, or is an important milestone. Yeah, and, and yeah, different. Yeah, like 40, Depending on what 50, you're talking about, important. you know, we have a little bit of significance with numbers, but every number has something significant with it in Judaism. <laughs> Numer it's called numerology, the study of numbers. Um, and when you're talking about the Jewish culture, you pretty much have it. Every number has something. And it's not something we think. Yes, Larry? There's there's three 
Friday the 13th this year. We've already had two of them. We've already had two. Uh, the third one <laughs> is in uh, June. I'm not sure when the third <laughs> one is. I, I only know that because of conference. <laughs> Conference is the 11th to the 14th, which means Friday the 13th. The Friday the 13th. So. February and March, of course, are always exactly November. the same. So if you have one in February, you're going to have one in March. Check June. June should should have a 13th. Better check. That might be last year's calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Just move it up one day if it is. <laughs> I think it's June. If um, you have last year's, just move it up one day. But you know we. Friday the 13th is realistically the biggest thing that we have. John's superstitious. Um, he hates Friday the 13th. And I just mess with people's heads with Friday the 13th. Oh, you November. could with John. As Christians, we should not be superstitious. Oh, he is of that day. It's just, um, and, and those things have no control in our lives. Yeah. yeah. I'm not superstitious, and but he is. It, it's one of those things. It's just so. another day. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> don't tell him that, though. <laughs> so we, we don't think of the numbers. February, March, and November. November. Mm -hmm. Not June. I, not June. Okay. I, I admit my ability to be wrong. It's almost <laughs> critic time. Can I, I interject one other yeah. thing about the, if I may? Sure. Please bear with me. The blood moons? Yes. Oh, yes. you have been reading Ruby about Ruby sent them. away to Ron Parsley and got a... Rod Parsley. Rod Parsley and got a series <laughs> of DVDs on the blood moons. And this is a pamphlet that was with it. And John Hagee's too. Do you? He, he lists seven tetrads where the four blood moons occurred and all in Jewish history. And the last three, of course, were 1948, uh, well, the Spanish Inquisition, mm -hmm. 48 and sure 67. But the current four blood moons, right in the middle, is a solar eclipse, yeah. which right. is this coming Friday. Is it, really? was it already? Yes. Wow. And I didn't realize it was, I didn't realize it was uh, that He soon. says something here on the side. He says, four blood moons appearing in sequence and correlating with Passover and tabernacles. Now these mm -hmm. happen on Jewish holiday. Uh, it has happened seven times since Jesus Christ walked the earth. The Tetrad of 214.15 constitutes the eighth one. Seeing those numbers, seven have seven past, one to come, eight, ought to thrill a believer's heart. The number seven is in scripture signifies completeness. The number eight is a new beginning. Yes. Mm -hmm. But there's more. He also went to NASA and they looked into the future and as far as they can see, there's not another tetrad that aligns on the holy days. This it'll be, I think they projected it'd be another 500 years. Well, now not only that, now, not only do we have the blood, moon, and solar eclipse, the tetrad, with a solar eclipse in the middle of it, right. but this is a Shemitah year, and, and in the fall of the year with the Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, begins a year of Jubilee. Right, 50 years Jubilee. So it's uh, seven times seven for our Shemitah that we're in. We're in the 49th right. year, and then in uh, the Jewish New Year, which begins in the fall, that starts the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, restoration. The last? It's also, this is the Jewish year, 5775. So you have fives on either side of the sevens, and that all has numerical. Five is the number of grace. 
seven, the year of completeness. You have grace, completeness, grace. The last day of the Shemitah is also the first day of the Jubilee. Jubilee. Yeah. It, and, this and is like so mind-blowing when you understand yeah. the significance of, of all the, these of Jewish the numbers, numbers yeah. the years, the Shemitah, and the Jubilee, and all that. It's like this is like how many thousands of years that you, have you had everything like this line up? Mm -hmm. We are such a blessed generation mm -hmm. to be alive when all this is coming together. There could be an explosion of faith during mm -hmm. this time. Uh, well, we don't know what's ahead. And that's the thing. We, we don't know what's ahead because the scriptures tell us you know, not to bet on things no. for which we do not know because we cannot... If God, allow, if God allows it. But the point remains... We're not setting dates or anything. Yeah. We're, we're just... Looking forward to looking what, forward, what, what will God to do. to watch for the signs. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, I, and the only reason I said... You know, not to bet on anything is because sometimes people see the signs and then start saying, "Oh, it will Don't be this yeah. specific yeah. date." They yeah. try Which to read and predict is, too much. Is another thing um, entirely. And but be ready. Be ready. Be ready. And remember that the numbers mean something, and that names mean something too. And you know, with that, we'll we'll end here because we only have like two minutes. And um, but. My, uh, the homework is to finish reading the chapter again so that we can be prepared for next time. Okay. And um, come with any questions that you have. Think on it. Pray on it. And we will head out from there. That's right. Mm -hmm. So let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have blessed us with this time together. Lord, we pray that our hearts and our minds will be opened to hear you throughout our week. Guide us and direct us in everything that we do and say. Your son's holy name I pray. Amen. The other thing, Tuesday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.